0: Some price for Monday, January 8th, 2024. We're coming to you from the Go Sports Studio built by Arbor Lee here at the iconic Wall Center, downtown Vancouver. And if you're coming downtown for an event, make it a staycation. Call the hotel 604-331-1000. Matt Sikers alongside Blake Price, creating sass, and switches, conducting things in this show. Presentation. Applewood Auto Group. And at
1: Applewood Ford in Port Hardy, you can get the F 150 from 2023 with a $5,000 rebate. I mean, I can take a 2023 for a $5,000 rebate. Plus, you get a $1,500 bonus for eligible owners as well. Go check it out at Applewood
0: Ford and Port Hardy. It's all good at Applewood. Poll question today Is the Lotto line the best way to go? Yes or no? You can vote at Sakaras Price on Twitter and YouTube. Before we get into that, my thanks to JPAT for sitting in for me last week. The damnedest thing, we uh, sought out the Canucks game. First of all, Mexico is really good now at having North American sports. Pretty much every main bar you can go to in these downtown resort communities or marina side communities Mm -hmm. are going to have it set up where they can get just about any hockey, basketball, football, whatever you want. So we were delighted to be able to watch the Devils and Canucks on Saturday night. Wasn't necessarily checking my phone religiously. I hope you can forgive me that, Blake, in the uh, Mexican sunshine. I I
1: forgive you, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was glorious. It was (laughs)
0: glorious. (laughs) And I went, look at that. There's Miller and Patterson on the same line. So look, is it the best way to go? And we left the question open for your interpretation, as we often do on our daily poll question. Is it the best way to beat the Rangers or the Islanders on a January night? Yeah, sure. Is it the best way to forge a deep Stanley Cup playoff run? No. Nope. And I voted accordingly.
1: Uh, I would say um, along the same lines. Like For now, it's totally fine to have in your back pocket at any time. Mm-hmm. It's a great thing. But we thought even before the lot of line was reunited, they were top six forward short because yeah. Mikaev and Kuzmenko are so enigmatic. Um... Well, more Kuzmenko. Kuzmenko enigmatic Mikaio just miscast, perhaps. Well, yeah,
0: I think that's a better word for it.
1: Yes. Um, So, yeah, they needed a top six forward, and and it's a lot cheaper to go with a top six winger than it is a top six uh, Therein a center. Therein
0: lies the problem.
1: Blake. So you might as well go get a top six winger, give that guy to Pedersen,
0: and you're off and running with two lines again. Well, and particularly because the playoffs are so matchup-driven these days, right? Yeah. Would you really feel good about yourself in a playoff series knowing you got to win four or seven when most of, if not all, of your offensive eggs are in one basket at even strength? Don't get me wrong. This third line, maybe second line now, with Bluger, Garland, and Joshua, have done exceptional work for the past six weeks or so. They deserve full credit. But would I be confident in that line being a scoring line? in a Stanley Cup playoff series against a Kings or a Vegas? Nope. Ditto with a Kuzmenko-Suter-McKey line.
1: I would, I would love know. the the the, the Booger line as the third line. I think they could do it. Like, when you're getting that matchup in the playoffs, I think they could do business, but not as your lean-on second
0: line. No way. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then, of course, the other thing is, we have a paucity of sellers at this stage of the game by the NHL standings already, right? San Jose, Anaheim, Chicago in the west, Columbus, Ottawa in the east. Maybe we're going to add some teams to that. In fact, we will add some teams to that before the trade deadline in early March. How long is Buffalo going to hold out here in Montreal? Um, well, frankly, Minnesota, the way they're playing. Uh, Calgary as well. But you don't... Have a ton of teams, if you want to be an early mover, to deal with right now Mm -hmm. from a rental perspective. No, Market's a little bit thin right now. Mm -hmm. And so my question is, not only does this direct the Canucks towards a second line center target, which would be more difficult to acquire and certainly more expensive than a winger for Petey, but does this also direct them towards another Philip Roenick-style trade? it's a player with term or with club control and that's a much bigger trade needless to say a much yeah. more costly trade that's right um,
1: and, and potentially more complicated as well but I mean I think they're they're probably looking at all of those options I mean if it if it ends up being a runic trade so be it um,
0: like do you think they could get Elias Lindholm out of Calgary because that's going to cost more than your first round pick right particularly if you want him early and how many years left Oh, he's UFA. He's UFA. So you're talking about pure rental. Well, that's a pure. So uh, I'm just doing the exercise with you on the UFA right now because then that gives us a benchmark on what the guy with Durham would cost.
1: Uh, I think they would do Elias Lindholm and pay a steep price if they were confident on a re-sign. I don't think that's a pure rental that they would feel comfortable with. because. So that's the
0: best of both worlds if you can get him a re-sign.
1: Yeah. But I think there are other pure rentals down the market a little bit, if you will. Like Lindholm is going to be the bell of the ball of the UFA's. So um, down the market, I think they're okay with a pure rental. That
0: particular guy, I think they want some commitment from. So Lindholm is a first. Bristevich, maybe a third piece. Yep. Yeah, something like that. Right. So look at what a club-controlled guy would cost you if that's the case. And, of course, for a Vancouver Canucks team that doesn't have a ton of cap space. I think too. You, you
1: could make it. the argument that a club control guy is the same price, but you're not going to get the
0: same quality of player. That's okay. all. All right. You know, Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, pretty good tests for the Canucks here over the next couple of days. They're into Gotham to face both the Rangers and the Islanders. And you could make the case, Blake, that this will be the best lineup they have dressed all season long given that Nikita Zadorov is back, given that Carson Soucy is back, Noah Julson his first time out of the lineup since November 11th. He effectively played for them for 2 months and a quarter of the season and did so admirably totally. in Cole playing the right side alongside Zadorov with Soucy and Myers on yeah, parr- Congratulations on. to him for earning that, Noah no, Julson. Honestly, stick tap Noah Julson, that was terrific work for the Abbotsford kid over the last 20
1: games. And, Matt, there's going to be another moment where he plays a dozen games in a yep, row. Yep. Like somebody's going to get injured. So. Somebody's getting injured. You I know, think like so. It's going to happen.
0: So He has done a really great job stabilizing the right side of the defense. Mm-hmm. And now Ian Cole is going to be asked to do that. What's your thoughts and well, expectations Ian Cole there? will be the starting point.
1: And I, like, I I think they feel bad asking Ian Cole to some degree to do this because he's been uh, very good. But, I mean, uh, j has voted this before. Uh, I saw he wrote on this in Canucks Army. I mean, does it make sense to have a rotation here of guys getting healthy scratch? If Juleson is this dependable, can Juleson be a relief guy every fourth game to give you know Myers or and Susie maybe certainly Cole certainly Myers and Cole nights off in relief so that those guys are ready for the playoffs. Like I, say that, I say injuries are, are a certainty. One way you avoid that is keeping guys relatively fresh, fresh by saying you're only playing two games a week. So maybe you try to to get to the finish line that way and
0: I, I, I you hear, see a rotation on the right yeah, side. I, I hear that. I believe in load management. I, I don't see it happening, first and foremost. Because of stigma or yeah. this coach or what? Yeah. All of the above? Yeah hockey <laughs> yeah hockey <you> know, and <laughs> hockey but um uh but also because I uh I think you would be doing wrong by some of the players there a little bit like who like Ian Cole Oh. Like if you're scratching Ian Cole as a healthy like a healthy scratch of Ian Cole. Like right now, he's one of your apostles if you're Rick Talkett. In fact, he may be your chief apostle. But he's what, 34? No, I understand that. You look him in the eye and you go, dude, we need you game one. Right. We need you game one. And if if you wanted to position it as once in a blue moon or once, fair enough. But as a regular occurrence. I I'm not sure you'd be looking at a happy camper the longer that went on. Same was Zidorov. Well, the
1: door is different because if you are potentially courting him as a as a as a either that, you know, that, that, that won't fly exactly, with him exactly. That's so that's why I say well, I mean, Myers you're, and Cole, you're in
0: enough odd water with the agent on his other client, yes, with Guzmay that's me, right. Di- so um, Myers okay maybe if he has. <laughs> In Myers' case, I would do it less in terms of load management, more off a chaos draft game. Uh yeah. No, that's what I'm saying.
1: Not as a punishment. Same, yeah. th- same no, thing. Exactly.
0: And then, um, Susie, I just don't see it. You made a three-year commitment to the guy. No, probably not for Susie as well. But mm-hmm. the, but the older guys,
1: they've played well. Colin and and Myers yeah. has played well too. Um, I think you look them in the eye and you say, we want you for game one. We need to make sure you're there for game one, and this,
0: this gets you better for game one. Christian Erhoff, remember him? Yeah. yeah. Do you remember how we were all gaga over his 2010-2011 season, the year the Canucks went to the Stanley Cup? They had that extraordinary yeah. power play, and, of course, Christian Erhoff was a really big part of that. Extraordinary power play, oftentimes taking that drop pass with speed through the neutral zone, Blake. How many points did he have that year? In in which year? 2010-2011. Yeah, so he had 54. He had 50. Yeah. Quinn Hughes seeks his 50th points tonight. Yeah. Monday against the Rangers. Yeah, pretty elite. We know scoring has gone up since then a little bit. Yep. Of course, those were the days when a Canucks executive quipped, maybe we should just call the sport goalie. <laughs> you remember that? What an incredible um, season Quinn Hughes continues Still 10th down. in the NHL in overall scoring, like forwards well, included. We sat down to watch the game Saturday, and we were watching the New Jersey feed of it. And they actually did two bits on Quinn Hughes, which I guess because his brothers play on, mm-hmm. on the Devils. One their trivia question was whose club record did he break for points by a defenseman? And I'm sitting there going, How many guys off the turnpike in Jersey know Doug Lidster? No chance. <laughs> so I thought that was particularly arch. But they also posted the graphic that he was second in league scoring for a defenseman to kill McCar. And and when they threw that up, I went, ah and Carmen went, What's the matter? I'm like, McCar's past Hughes now and that might be the last we see of that because mm-hmm. he's killed McCarr. And then he goes out and has three assists. And
1: he's already set – yeah. He,
0: and he's – well, the last two years he has set records for points by a defenseman. Multi-point and games. History. And, yeah. Uh, what do you think? Do you think he's right there with McCarr at the end of the year? Uh,
1: yeah, I think those two probably do slug away because McCarr mm-hmm. is not going – like he's having an amazing year. Uh, but, I mean, he's not going um, Eric Carlson on us from last year. Mm-hmm. Um And so, and those two guys are now 10 points clear of third. So they're running away.
0: Then the second part of my question is Are we a two horse race for the Norris? I
1: think we are.
0: And does he have to outpoint them to win it? I think he might. Yeah, that's what I think too.
1: If it's a one point, two point, three point difference, the reputational might go to my car. Absolutely,
0: Blake. Although, boy, you're picking up what I'm putting down today. We I, should spend some time apart more often.
1: I mean, that's generally my approach. And uh, uh, we we agree that awards are are often reputational, but the shininess of a of a non-playoff team becoming a playoff team, you know, that it, has you. some currency. And when and we also see the currency of or the whatever the deflationary pressure of oh, but that guy plays on an amazing team. Of course, McCarr's going to get points. He's playing with McKinnon and Ranton and all those guys and and while the, that same logic should apply to the high flying um they don't have the the so, reputation
0: of the Avs. I gotta say when I was a voter and I may well be again here as a uh, professional hockey Raiders association a card carrying member again i I didn't hold good team against anyone no but we know what does happen do do we
1: yeah I think for for coach I, for coaches so especially. no that's different. Yeah. That's
0: different. Like if I look at a hell of a roster and a coach that's coached them to 100 points in first place. Mm.
2: Mm.
0: No, but for heart too, like if you're looking at But but for player awards, I never held good team against anyone. Uh, maybe as a tiebreaker tiebreaker way down the line. But I was looking like for all-star, who's your first second team all-star? Like I voted for the best players, or at least the players I thought. But he got that.
1: two two guys at 120 points on a year. One guy plays on a juggernaut team, like a Navs or something like that, mm-hmm. and they win the division. The other guy brought his team to fourth in the division or third in the division, but he's also at 120 points. And the next guy on his team has got 80 points. I bet you that guy wins.
0: All right. Well, we'll see. But I do think you're right. He's got to outpoint him. And I also think that Canucks have to be right there. Right, if they slip to the third place if in you're the top pacif- three year old, okay. if they slip to the third place in the Pacific and the narrative over the last twenty is oh the Canucks are slipping, I don't think that necessarily helps his case either. And of course, if they are slipping, it probably means that he's not scoring yeah. and being beaten for some goals while he's on the ice. Vasily Podkolzin, pair of goals, game time goal, shootout winner, up to eighteen points. In 24 games for the Abbotsford Canucks, that was from Sunday's game. Career high in the AHL for him. Doesn't have a ton of AHL games. But. No, is it possible he's a solution down the road here? Huh? I think for this top 6
1: forward? four, they're going to let him cook. I think he needs to. He needs to go on a heat. Like he needs to get above a point per game before they're Before he's beating down the door mm-hmm. to come to the nhl i think they're fine with him spending the whole season down there and just having a good year yeah it was very interesting on the uh the game tying goal there the late extra man out he's almost as a right defenseman they have him parked way off like he's not right on the blue line like the left defenseman is behind the but they had him way out as an option and there's a shot from the point he sneaks in and then grabs the rebound pot mm-hmm. was is a really interesting position for him
0: Moving on to football, where the Seattle Seahawks miss the playoffs. They do their part. They beat the Arizona Cardinals, but the Green Bay Packers beat the Chicago Bears, cementing that seventh seed in the NFC. Now, Pete Carroll is under contract for next year. I believe there's even an option for 2025. Everything we have heard coming out of the Emerald City and our buddy Greg Bell of the News Tribune in Tacoma is that the owner of the Seahawks, Jody Allen, continues to love Pete Carroll. And, of course, Pete Carroll brought that franchise in City its only Lombardi trophy. So he's got some equity. He's got some uh, currency with both the organization and the fan base, although the fan base is getting angrier, and rightfully so. But the bar is so high. These are winning seasons. There's a bunch of teams around
1: the league that are going, really, you're upset at the 9-8? Well, that—you know, like— yes. Be careful
0: what you wish for. Yeah. You know you have a very competent NFL head coach. That's right. Is he perfect? No. But here's what I will say, and and we talked about this this year. For a guy who's a defensive coach by trade, it's been quite alarming that you can't fix run defense. Like, that's one of the easier things to fix in the NFL. Yeah. You acquired Leonard Williams. You still weren't great against the run you got a decision to make with a legacy player with Bobby, like Bobby Wagner. I personally don't think they should bring him back. I think you've got to start moving on now and finding better linebackers, three-down linebackers. This is a really big off-season for the Seahawks because, effectively, you've spent the last two seasons holding station. Now, everybody thought you would slip in a post-Russell world and Geno maintained station for mm. the better part of it. But you got to question that quarterback long term. If not immediate term. Yeah. You haven't been able to fix the defense and its biggest failure. I mean, one of the worst run defenses again this season. You had some slippage with some guys that you really liked in the rookie years. Reek Woolen on the corner, Abram Lucas, a right tackle, albeit some injuries played a part there.
1: How many games did Witherspoon end up playing?
0: Uh, Well, most of them. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. He most. And here's the other thing, Blake. You're picking 16th. And you're picking 16th in a draft that's not exactly flush with interior defensive linemen or linebackers. Mm -hmm. There's probably not a lot of guys at those two positions worthy of the 16th overall pick. It's never bothered them before. They've oftentimes moved down. To me, the huge question with the Seahawks now is— are they going to muster up the draft capital and per, perhaps players to move up for a quarterback? Does Michael Penix of the Washington Huskies drop in their lap at 16? I think he does. He's there. He's there at 16, doesn't he? I see a lot of mocks now having him to Atlanta ninth overall. Really, and if he wins tonight in the national yeah, championship that, game, that may float. You should pocket. almost cheer for a loss. It's the, the best thing that could happen to the. Seahawks, yeah. is a Huskies loss to Michigan, and like a sixteen point output from Penix, <laughs> you know, like. Well, Penix had a game this year against Arizona State, where they disguised coverages on him, and like a really dreadful Arizona State team, and held him very much in check. Mm. Now he's playing a hell of a defense on Monday. So doesn't we'll he see.
1: look like an NFL quarterback though? To he me? does
0: to me on a for. Yes, we're talking about a quarterback. Who had four season ending injuries. Yeah, right. Yeah. So the medicals are going to be huge on this guy. Yeah. You love his character. You love his command. You love the fact that he doesn't have to, he doesn't have the diva complex. At least we haven't seen it. Left handed quarterback. Yeah, a little weird. Some people have a, really all it means is that the receivers just have to spend more time catching the. But he's not reliant on being a
1: water bug. You know,
0: Oh, uh, no, he's not really you know, a dual threat guy. No, and no. that would be the thing is like, how long is the body going to hold up after all these big injuries he's suffered? But it, it's a it's a really interesting offseason for the Seahawks. And, of course, it starts with the decision on is Pete Carroll, John Steiner and all that coming back. And, of course, you ask this question as much because of Pete's age. Yeah, sure. 72 as But he's a lifer. He's else. a lifer. Yeah, and you know, still has that you know youthful
1: exuberance. You start if you if they got let's say that it all happens, they get Penix at sixteen. Oh wow! Do you start him next year? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, he's a he's be, a, he's a fifth year. He'll be twenty four. Yeah, twenty four. I mean, that's can. a really old rookie. Yeah, and in fact, that age may be held against him by some teams who look at it and go, here's want get seven years." There's a guy who's had four season-ending injuries, and he'll be a twenty-four-year-old rookie. Now not always the case. Remember Cleveland took that Brandon Whedon, who I think was 27 or 28 cuz he had played minor league yes, baseball. Yeah. And and for many you look at it and go, it's a freaking quarterback, man. Like I don't care if he's 24. Yeah. You know, sure you prefer 21, 22, but uh the hoodie on brand did not want to talk about the future. He was not on to the offseason, yes. No. After losing his final game at Foxborough to the New York Jets of all teams. We already know Arthur Smith is out in Atlanta. Ron Rivera is out in Washington. Antonio Pierce is the interim in Las Vegas. you got an interim with the L.A. Chargers. You have an interim with the Carolina Panthers, who in turn fired their general manager today. So the offseason is well underway for the non-playoff clubs. And, of course, two of them, in particular the Chargers and the Raiders, have ties to Jim Harbaugh, the Michigan coach. I believe Jim Harbaugh has, like, the fourth or fifth best winning percentage all time of NFL coaches. Like, Lombardi and John Madden are two of the names ahead of him and a couple other guys who coached, like, a century ago. Yeah. So uh, are any of them going to throw the keys to the kingdom to to Jim Harbaugh after Monday night's national championship game, be it the Raiders, be it the Chargers? And then, of course, will the hoodie be traded? Many suspect there will be a parting of ways here with New England, but of course you don't fire a guy of that of that stature. So, you know, could we see coaching traits in the National Football mm. League, including the Hoodies? And uh, will Washington be a parting part of this after hiring former Golden State Warriors executive Bob Myers to be a consultant for their hire here going forward. Interesting move from Josh Harris, the new owner of the Washington. Commanders. No, oh, we've we've
1: seen it here. Uh,
0: executives of multiple sports yeah, worked exactly. out famously for the Canucks. Then there's the playoff matchups, Blake. And we spent a lot of the year bashing the National Football League because, frankly, it wasn't a great regular season year. There were a lot of bad games, a lot of particularly bad primetime standalone games. So, uh, and rightfully so. I, I just don't think it was the most compelling year for the NFL. Decide amongst yourselves how compelling it was coming down the stretcher and into finally week 18. But as I look at the playoff field, outside of that four-five matchup in the NFC, where you've got a ugly duckling nine and eight NFC South winner in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and boy, what a hideous game to get in, beating Carolina nine nothing, and then the Eagles, who are in absolute freefall, but still eleven and six, I. Looks pretty good to me, frankly. Cowboys-Packers, maybe it's because the brand name's there, but that's a very interesting game to me. Detroit hosting its first home playoff game in like 30 years and doing so against old friend Matt Stafford and the L.A. Rams, who played darn good football down the stretch. I was bullish on the Bills at the beginning of the year, and they wind up being the two-seed after beating Miami. They will get the Steelers, who have found new life under Mason Rudolph, who I think is their best quarterback there. Dolphins are sinking at the wrong time, but Miami KC could be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Hell and yeah. then there's Houston-Cleveland, which I think could be a ton of fun as well as young C.J. Stroud. Wildcard Card Weekend will be
1: great because I, mm-hmm. I think there's two elite teams in the league, the Ravens and the 49ers, and I think everybody else is fallible. There's mm-hmm. really good teams that are likely to go far, like mm-hmm. the Cowboys and such, but I don't know that they're immaculate. I think they've got they've got leaks. They've got yep. The, Kansas City, the defending yeah. champ, has leaks. Yeah, absolutely. So
0: I I do think
1: Wild Card Weekend is another any yeah. given Sunday.
0: I love this Wild Card Weekend. I must say, I I don't always think the seventh team is sort of good enough. Yeah, it's like it's the right amount of teams. On to soccer, where. We are going to see a couple of familiar faces down the I-5 when the Whitecaps take on their Cascadia rival, Portland Timbers this year. Max, Ooh, they've Cray- revamped the Timbers, They're a different team. Max Crapeau, former Whitecaps team MVP, and of course Canadian national team goalkeeper, maybe the one A goalkeeper. We'll yeah, it could it. be. This mm. seemingly would be the year that he takes that on from takes the mantle from Milan uh, Borean and Canadian international Kamal Miller. Poor Kamal, has offers to play in Europe, signs to play with all the stars in Miami, and gets trained at a <laughs> One of these things is not like the other. And then on the cap side of things, it doesn't sound good for a return for Richie Larea. No, not because of the player, just
1: not in Forrest wanting so much on the transfer. It's not about Richie mm-hmm. per se, so um, it doesn't Forrest sound like the door is closed. Pl- but-
0: yeah. Forrest has played uh, better ball here. They got a couple of wins over Christmas that kind of took them out of the relegation zone. And then Andres Kubis, there was a rumor there uh, out of yeah. South America. We talked about this
1: last weekend, uh, last week a little bit. It, it's just, it's just, it could be tabloid rumor at this point, but there was a little bit of. So, where do they concern.
0: go if, it, like, if LeRae is not back, how big a blow is that for them? Um,
1: it's a blow, but, the, you know, they've got options at wing back. Um, and at a, Sam's still back at a Kube, and Ryan Raposo played so well, of course, mm-hmm. and, um, I mean, Brown and Martins can can play down that flank as well. So they they've got options. I think they'd like to improve those still. I, I, I still am waiting for another shoe to drop.
0: That's that was my next question. Yeah. Like, did they need another headline marquee guy somewhere in yeah. this eleven? Yeah, I think they're I think
1: there's there's gotta be something else. I mean, yeah. if if they don't add to the group they have now, it feels like they're losing momentum. Right
0: something going to happen at keeper taco going to, I, on, I would say on? that's a lower priority. I think they're going to be. Okay. Cause I know there was a time this year where they weren't exactly feeling as secure as they mm, should. No, nor
1: was anybody else, but I think it's, you know, if they could blink and make it happen, sure. But, um, you know, it's not, it's not as, uh, um, big a need as it was when it was Thomas, Saul, of course, as, as the starting keeper coming into a season. So I think, I think they're okay with it.
0: And of course, uh, we're, uh, we're talking Whitecaps because uh, they leave for Spain tomorrow. They're back on the pitch, November, January twenty second. They're on a plane tomorrow together. Two, two weeks from today, yeah. <laughs> and of course have that match against Tigris on February seventh, which will be played Starlight Stadium in, in Langford. Langford. Yeah, because BC Place is booked yeah. with the return match at Tigres. On Valentine's Day, so it's all about to start again in MLS. It's crazy. A few weeks, a few sleeps after awarding the championship. Let's get to today's menu. It is brought to you by our friends at Greta. Greta is a fantastic place to catch the games, pre-game, post-game, during the game. Check them out. On West Cordova, we will talk to JPAT here in a second, including on the lotto line, on Carson Soucy's return, Ian Cole on the right side, Kuzmenko, and generating offense with his new line mates, not to mention the tests going forward here against these New York Ranger or against the uh, New York area teams, the Rangers and the Islanders. We will get to some hashtags, the uh, best of wor- worst of Twitter, including a contract extension and a hefty one today in the National Hockey League for Toronto Maple Leafs forward William Nylander and how that affects the price, if at all, of Elias Pettersson. We'll go to the people, hear your hot takes, your tell me I'm wrongs and your comments and rebuttals on the programming you hear here on Securus and Price as well. Happy Hour brought to you by Yellow Dog Brewing, Neighborhood Brewing. And how about this? Tuesday, March 12th, Yellow Dog releasing their second mix pack, Dog Park. The Dog Park 8 Tall Can Mix Pack consists of four light and refreshing beers, the classic Retriever gold nail, Rollover Cerveza Negra, and two brand-new brews exclusive to the mix pack, Rascal Japanese Lager, and Pack Leader Pilsner. Sounds delicious. Treat yourself at the end of a workday to a Yelduck neighborhood or foolish wine. It's the Price from Wall Center presentation. Applewood Auto Group hashtags are the best and worst. Twitter.com. Blake Price, lead us off.
1: At NFL on Fox, Jameis Winston explained how the Saints players made a quote-unquote team decision to score a touchdown at the end of the game while leading 41-17. to There's two stories here, Matt. One is a story of a mutiny on the bounty. The other is whether or not it was really insulting. And I think those are two different arguments because and i and i think i'm split on this uh i think the saints should be able to score a touchdown there as james winston pointed out the interception ran it all the way back to the one if the interception had gotten into the end zone it's the same final score and nobody would have called it disrespectful for him to run an interception back no secondly it's on the one it's awkward to do a victory formation on the one if it's on the 42 it's if, if it's on the 22 I've got a lot less problem with uh, with the uh, accusation that they should just kneel it out.
0: But it's on the one. So it was a mutiny based on what Dennis Allen said. He said, Coach My said, call. don't do it. The players changed it. the call. Yeah. Secondly, I have very little sympathy for Arthur Smith and the whole running up the score. This is the National Football League. You're professionals. <laughs> You're supposed to play 60 minutes, not 59 59. I was glad to see Smith be less. Uh, fired up about it as he was on field. Yeah. I think part of that was a function of a head coach who knew he was getting fired and in fact was. Mm-hmm. And um And Jamal Williams' first touchdown of the year? After 17 uh, last year. I, I mean, I can completely understand that from the point of view of the Saints players.
1: Yeah. And the funny thing is that he got 17 with a different team. Like, it, yeah. it's not like they were, like, like backing up their guy for it last year. If it's high
0: school football, if it's youth football – Yes, take the knee. Don't embarrass anyone further. Those are kids playing for fun. These are professionals cashing checks. Yeah. At JFresh Hockey, William Nylander. No birdie? No whistle? Okay. <laughs> William Nylander, reportedly extended 8-by-11.5 by Toronto, is a high-scoring winger, elite at creating chances in the dangerous areas of the ice at 5-on-5, five five, and on the power play. Excellent shooter, great passer, terrific puck skills, not noted for defense or physicality, do you think this changes the price of Elias Patterson in any way, shape, or form? I mean, it, it's going to be in the argument, but, of course,
1: it's not a direct comparison. No. So um, it, it's well, it's a frame what, of reference. What, he's playing
0: wing now. Yeah, yeah. Of course, Patterson's a better defensive player. Maybe a little more physical, although neither really has a calling card of physicality. But given where the cap is going in the season that Nylander is having, 11 and a half isn't bad. Eight is what would concern me there. Those eight-year deals are all tenuous. I, I don't know that. Like, the, the but if you're going to give. He might not want eight. Like Again, does he want. We're talking to Elias. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, does he want to. Four or five-year
0: deal. Well, so all the reporting so far suggests he doesn't want the long-term deal. Yeah, yet. he's going to want to cash in a second time and uh, maintain the flexibility. I,
3: I think he wants the short-term to align with Quinn Hughes and Patrick yeah. Demko. Yeah, it's possible. Well, now that's really short, isn't it? Like if
1: he's going to align, quite short. That's three-year deal, isn't it? Um, so I don't think I don't think I don't think the
0: Canucks unless they're re- really up against the wall. Well, as we always say, too, when when you're a player of that stature. You can force your way out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But then it, it doesn't allow you to redo the numbers. So he could probably get 11 and a half on four years right now, and then he can get 14 or 15 or whatever the inflation puts it at in four years' time.
0: You know, uh, so Quinn's got the four years remaining inclusive of this year, Thatcher yeah. with the three. So Yeah, three years. Three additional years for Quinn, just two more for Demco. So yeah. I think you have to insist on a little longer than that if you're the canucks oh you're
1: you're, you're jumping
0: and screaming but we'll, we'll see if they mm-hmm. get it at Sportsnet,
1: tiger announces that he has left nike ending a 27 year partnership with the brand makes a lot of sense nike's pulling back on golf they've stopped making clubs of course continued with clothes for now but maybe now they'll just completely leave and maybe that's maybe they said hey Maybe you should leave because we're going to stop making clothes now too, Um, and and with his. Although
0: really, how hard is it for Nike to make golf shirts?
1: No, you're right, you're right. But maybe the sector's just imploded on them, and they just don't want to do it
0: anymore. Well, I mean, golf business has never been better than during and coming right out of the pandemic. But no, you're quite right. almost has nowhere to go but down i am case.
1: curious about that tw logo if he's if he mm. goes to taylormade or whoever does he get to bring that with him i would think he does i i, I would hope he's made that savvy business decision where that's his ip mm-hmm. um but maybe not i don't know we'll see i'm sure he'll get another endorsement deal
0: <laughs> yeah i think so yeah well he doesn't play golf I, anymore well, that's remember it. i mean he, can but, he get another endorsement deal of course he's tiger woods yeah, like, are gin- you jacking- actually going to see the gear on course much? Eh,
3: no, not so hey, much. Hey, if Greg Norman continues to have a brand, I'm sure well, as hell sure that but it's
0: his own brand.
3: Yeah, isn't Mickey Mouse trademark leaving Disney? That's weird. I don't know why I'm what? making that comparison, but yeah, someone told me that the other day that like the trademark is up. So what's going to happen there? It just reminded me of, it's, it'd be weird if Nike were still pushing the TW and he's no longer there. Well, well they would. I might need do that. to be wouldn't fat, be fat checked. That would I'm be on curious. that one. Yeah, I think
0: you do. You um, Are you familiar with the story of Oswald the Rabbit? No. Oswald the Rabbit was the predecessor to Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. If you look at Oswald, he bears quite a resemblance to Mickey Mouse, and they just changed the name and a little bit of the look as Disney grew as a company. The... Trademark somehow ended up in the hands of a rival media company. And when Al Michaels was going from Disney, ABC, ESPN to NBC all those years ago to call Sunday Night Football, part of getting him out of that contract was NBC reissuing the rights to Oswald the Rabbit back ABC and ESPN. So Al Michaels will tell you he's traded for Mickey Mouse.
1: Uh, By the way, here's the fact check. Uh, Mickey Mouse is not in the public domain. Steamboat Willie is, who is the original Mickey Mouse character Ah. in a 1928 black and white film. So That's right. In the public domain is a black and white mouse without gloves. The minute you put gloves on it, it's Mickey. Mm -hmm. And that is
3: still trademarked. 95 years it lasted.
0: At Courtney R. Cronin, covering the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields isn't sure what the future holds after 38 career starts, so he preemptively said his goodbyes to Chicago following another loss to Green Bay. Quote, in case this is my last rodeo with y'all, appreciate y'all for everything. Yeah, there was actually some stakes in that game on both sides. Of course, Green Bay needing to win to make the playoffs, and of course they did because all they do is beat Chicago. Uh, but the Bears have the first overall pick for a second year in a row, this time courtesy of the Carolina Panthers and the trade they made at last year's draft to move down from 1 to 10, allow Carolina select Bryce Young. And so the question now is, the Bear, are the Bears going to trade that pick again? Are they going to use it on a quarterback? I suspect after the performance last night, yesterday afternoon, finishing with a thud like that, that the Bears are going to move on here. And probably use that first overall pick, although there's a second quarterback there in Drake May. There's a third in the Heisman Trophy winner, Jaden Daniels of LSU. In fact, you could see quarterbacks go 1-2-3 in the draft. Marvin Harrison, the great wide receiver, Hall of Famer, his son of the same name. Many would argue he's the best pure prospect in this NFL upcoming draft. But we could see a lot of fun and amusement with trades in the top ten. And I as would tra- we know, they go for ransoms, these high picks. I would trade down and get Penix. Would you? Yep. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. something I'd consider. Get two
1: or three first-round picks for the trade down and get Penix. Just keep being bad and keep getting
0: high <laughs> picks and just keep turning it into more high I think is going to be until good. Until you finally get it right.
1: Uh, finally for me, Ash Schlossman GF. Shane Pinto will be skating with the Senators soon. Ottawa needs to find cap space to sign him and play him, though. Uh, Steos is juggling salary cap space right now, trying to find room for Shane Pinto, who's coming back after his half season suspension. Right. I'm betting they get it done.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: <laughs> Nothing dad joke, betting he get it, gets it done. You didn't pick up on that? Yeah.
0: You did? You just rolled right past it? Yeah, it's uh. terrific, Blake. Really original. Um, I think Steos is one to watch here as an early mover. The those are the, were the reports over the course of the weekend. I would suspect he's been uh, chomping at the bit to get at this here. Now a half season into this new ownership of Michael Andlauer, he is of course Andelauer's guy. They don't have a particular ton of rentals that would look good, but it's been another disappointing season there. And you know, hearing some of the insiders use the word professional. They're looking at professional players. I mean, Tarasenko and Kubelik are, are rentals, UFAs and, and could return something, even the goaltender. Uh, sorry, no, the goaltender is one more
3: year. If Under Claude contract. Giroux didn't have one more year, I'd say yeah. Canucks, there's your 2C. Well,
0: here, the funny thing
1: is, guys, is except
0: he's not really great in the
1: middle. No, but,
3: but, all, all but here's the thing. You can bring in those guys that can play center wing kind of like mm-hmm. what St. Louis did a couple years ago. You have that with Suter and Bluger too, so you kind of rotate them.
4: All
1: eyes are on the Canadian teams, so. though. Like, look at the what the like, the only teams that could theoretically be kind of quiet in Canada, maybe the Montreal Canadiens. But Ottawa's got to make room for Pinto and get their house in order. Toronto yeah. wants to make sure they they've got a goaltender and that they're ready for the playoffs. Same thing for Edmonton, who are red hot right now, seven straight wins again. Um, Winnipeg's first overall. Do they yeah. feel like? Oh. Do they feel like they're ready to, to be a first overall team? Canucks, we don't want to add. And the Calgary Flames have to decide what the hell they are and probably have a fire sale as well. Like everybody but Montreal needs to make some deals here, you know, Mm -hmm. for for one reason or
0: another. And in the case of the Jets, Blake, is any of their hockey move going to be governed by the fact that revenue is not good there this year with these small crowds? Yeah. Now, as we always say about Winnipeg, like, don't cry too many tears for them. David Thompson is the richest owner in the NHL several times over. I know he's not the managing partner there. It's Mark Chipman, and Mark Chipman very much, you know, has the look and wallet of sort of oldie old time NHL, Canadian NHL owners, right? Where you worry about it a little bit, but he is backed by David Thompson. So Winnipeg, who has cap space too, Blake. Yep. Like that's that's the other thing. You're sitting first in the league, and you've got an enviable cap situation compared to all the teams with so little space above above you.
3: Honestly, it's incredible what they've done. We're in done your midst with no Kyle Connor, and then that Dubois trade. Yeah, with gap. no yeah. Connor, it's unbelievable. Hey, a- and Velarde up front there with them. Oh. You know what, Grady? And and we've talked about this a
0: few times on the show, and. Um, You know the old hockey adage, whoever gets the best player in the trade wins the trade? That doesn't apply in a cap world. No. You can make a volume trade. You can make a quality for quantity trade and win it. And I think that's what we're seeing. With but, the Winnipeg Jets, given the contributions of those guys who came over from the Kings in the Dubois deal.
1: By the way, looking at their recent attendance, it's, it's gotten better, guys. Yeah. Like, well, oh
0: no, I it's woken I would
1: up. I hope so. Yeah. yeah, seriously. So from the time that it, it appeared that they were a good team, um, sort of mid December, uh, they haven't dipped below. They dipped below uh, thirteen thousand once, down to twelve five. Remember, it's only a fifteen thousand seat right. arena. I was so.
3: looking at that the other day, and they are at the second worst. And I was like, all right, it's because they have the smaller, yeah, uh, capacity.
1: But But they did did well over the break, and they started uh, well in the new year here, 14-1, 15-2. So hopefully that's going to be the norm.
0: Lardy 17 points in 21 games. ayafalo has got 17 points. He's playing or has played in their top six as well. The other thing about Winnipeg, damn, do they draft and develop well. Yeah. Like, that is one of the reasons why they're sitting in the position that they're in, is that they rarely miss on first-round picks. Mm-hmm. And they get guys beyond the first round. And who they go on to be national hockey leaguers. They
3: got Shifley and Hellebuck to commit to them when everybody right. thought they were goners. Yeah. Quite true. And now, look, they're leading the way. Quite true.
0: Are you Yeah. That's hashtags for today. No matter what you're buying,
1: folks, when you're out in the world looking for this, that, and the other, I think you want to support businesses that you feel good about supporting. You can feel good about supporting the Applewood Auto Group. Uh, They've made the car business and communities around them a whole lot better with their work in the community. Go and find out why it is indeed all good at Applewood. Visit them online anytime at applewood.ca.
0: It's so a Price from Wall Center. Presentation, Applewood Auto
1: drive. Applewood Mitsubishi at the Richmond Auto Mall. Go check out the 2024 Outlander GT. You can finance it from 4.99%. Plus, you get the industry's best warranty, as per usual, with the Mitsubishi. Go test drive one today at the Richmond Auto Mall. It's all good at Applewood.
0: Poll question today, is Lotto Line the best way to go? We will put it to our next guest from Rinkwide. Canucks reporter Jeff Patterson. Jeff, how are you?
4: I'm good, guys. Uh, Excited to see the Canucks put themselves uh, to the test against the Rangers and coming in feeling pretty good, I would imagine, after uh, a nice performance the other night uh, across the river in New Jersey.
0: How surprised were you to see Lotto Line reunited, and how lasting do you think it will be?
4: Not surprised. In fact, uh, in hindsight, I'm a little surprised that it didn't happen earlier in the game in St. Louis, the game before, because they were struggling for offense. The lafferty Peterson mccave line just, that wasn't it. it. It wasn't happening, and the solution seemed there. And look, we've seen Rick talking do this in games when they've been down, but to start a game uh, from scratch and keep it intact, uh, you know, it, it's putting all your eggs in one offensive basket, but uh, boy, you know, Elias Petterson looked like he had a little extra spark getting an opportunity to play with the two other best offensive players, And they were dominant. I mean, just that first period, no, Besser's goal was overturned, but uh, it started early and they didn't sulk once uh, that goal came off the board. They just kept the hammer down on the night. I mean, the expected goals, uh, 80% in the Canucks' favor when that line was out there. And and for me, guys, it was sort of a lot of line 2.0. It was a little more mature. It was a little more refined. It wasn't about being the Harlem Globetrotters on ice. I didn't feel like they were trying to put on a show necessarily. It was just about... Being in the right spot, it was about timing for Pedersen to get to the front of the net for the deflection to open the scoring. It was keeping plays alive to sustain the pressure in the offensive zone. And, and it got me thinking, because I don't know about you guys, but you know, like, I look at my wife and she's got friends uh, that are uh, out of town and around the country and other parts of the world, and she's in constant contact with them, texting and, and FaceTime, whatever. Like, I'm a guy and I can go years be- between like visits with my buddies but when we get back in the same room, you just pick up where you left off. It's like nothing ever changed. And that's kind of what I thought. I know that they're teammates and they've been around each other, but getting the opportunity to play together. Yeah. It was like right back to 2019, nothing had changed.
0: Why you never call me. How come you don't text me? Things guys don't say to yeah. each other. Yeah. Uh, okay. So answer me the poll, Jeff. Is it the best way to go
4: short term? I'm totally down with it because I want to see more of it quite frankly, Uh, But look, the Rangers are one of the best teams. The Canucks second half of the schedule is littered with uh, some of the better opponents in the National Hockey League. I think this will be a great test for this case and this theory. But my answer to the poll question would be no, because if we all agree that that is their top line and it can be one of the best top lines in the National Hockey League, it was back in 2019 and it certainly showed form uh, on Saturday beyond that, just on the depth chart alone, like that Teddy Bluger, Dakota Joshua, Connor Garland line, the way that they're playing and producing, I guess, is the second line now. And then this assembly of Suter with Kuzmenko and Mikheyev would be your third line. With all due respect to Teddy Bluger, who has outperformed expectations and has been terrific, he was signed essentially to be the fourth line center on this hockey club he is not a 2c he never has been doesn't profile that way and so right there as good as that line has been for a month i you know there are still basically three months of the regular season plus the playoffs i think it's a big ask uh for those guys to be considered a second line and you just don't know what you're getting with kuzmenko like i thought he had a nice night the other night uh, six shots on goal and you know he was shooting with some purpose there but uh, they're like Ilya Mikheyev has gone ice cold, basically he's gone uh, into ghost mode, one goal in his last 11 games. So you know, it's hard to sort of feel like he fills out the role of a, a true top six guy right now. So I, I think by putting all your chips in the one, you know, pushing your chips to the middle, uh, it again, just exposes weaknesses elsewhere. And ultimately when you face other teams that can either neutralize that top line or shut down that top line, or if they just run into a hot goaltender. You know, there will be some nights where a lot of line, if they stay intact, won't have the magic. And then, you know, what does that look like on the score sheet? And I guess uh, to me, I, I think it just, it, it again underscores the need to get back into the trade market here to try to find oh. some sort of upgrade in your top six.
0: That's the thing, though, Jeff. If you're going to stick with a lot of line long term, now your need is second line center, which is a more difficult piece, I think we yeah. can all agree. Than a winger to play with Patterson and a more costly piece. That's a big reason well. why you don't
1: do it. The other thing you don't do why you don't do that is now the the line has been ripping it up for you. The Bluger Garland line. Do they get second best pairing matchups? You know, like do like they, they now face better probably opponents out on the ice? And are they going to be as effective as they were when you know they're facing the third pairing almost every single time out there on the ice? So it's not an ideal situation. Uh, we do get another question answered, though. Um, who's going to play on the right side? We all I think we all thought it was going to be Ian Cole, but it is indeed going to be Ian Cole to start as the lefty on the right.
4: Yeah, we just thought he was going to play with Quinn Hughes, or at least we thought that that was a possibility that he'd be on the right side with Quinn Hughes when we did all the you know whiteboard, dartboard stuff in the preseason and tried to figure out who was going to go where. And, of course, uh, this is going to be the first game that they have played with their top six in air quotes uh, together because Zdorov didn't play the other night when Carson Susi got back in there and I thought Susie acquitted himself reasonably well having been out for 23 games but yeah I, I, and I, I think it's important that they still have options here that Cole is the first guy over to the right side but that doesn't mean that ultimately that's where he's going to wind up because we know that Carson susi has got some versatility there and I think Zdorov does as well so uh you know Rick Tockett said defense by committee at the outset of the season. I think he meant it a little differently now, but I still think the committee, the the members of the committee maybe don't have their chairs at the table uh, locked down. And so this could be a work in progress, but I'm excited to see what this top six looks like. And I did a little uh, comparison shopping from game 40 a year ago, and posted that on Twitter that, you know, at the 40 game mark last year, the Canucks defense obviously had OEL. It still had uh, Tyler Myers there. Ethan bear was involved. Uh, Riley Stillman remember Riley Stillman and Luke Shen so you know across the board uh, on paper and on the ice this defense assembled now uh certainly looks like upgrades for the Vancouver Canucks and I uh, mean it's pretty hard to argue with the results uh, that they had now again we haven't seen this group entirely but just defensively the way that this team has played this year to get to the 40 game mark with just 11 outright losses
1: these are a couple of good teams here do you yeah. think they um I know they're not going to diverge completely from the way they played this season, but do you think they play coaches hockey? Like they, like there's no risks taken. This is a playoff game effectively. Like, do they, do they button everything down? Do the players stay disciplined in games? Like, you know, they might've been a little bit teased in a more open style game versus the devil. Not that they played a barn burning style. Like you mentioned, like, it was a restrained lotto line performance, but what do you think these look like? Both of these teams, uh, Islanders and, and Rangers are both base teams. This is a good test.
4: Yeah. I mean, the Islanders and they'll see them as back to back and three and four. So that's going to present some challenges and you would assume Casey Desmith Smith goes in goal. Uh, but the Islanders are one of those teams that can be difficult to break down. And the Canucks have struggled there. Rangers can be tough to break down as well, because uh, my goodness, look at the defense score that they've got with Jacob and Adam Fox and Condrey Miller. And that game back on October 28th here in Vancouver was wildly entertaining, but so much of it was on the special teams. The Rangers scored three power play goals. Two of them were five on three. And then they scored the controversial goal in overtime where Pedersen thought he'd got tripped and they went up ice and they scored. So the the Rangers didn't score a single goal, five on five that night, three on the power play and one at three on three in overtime. Uh, you mentioned discipline. Uh, that's going to be key for me. The Rangers have the best power play in the National Hockey League running up over 30% and it's slightly better on home ice than it is uh, on the road so it's even higher than its overall average at MSG and you just look at the star power like Artemi Panarin people aren't really talking about him but like he is i mean obviously Nathan mckinnon and Kucherov have sort of separated themselves a little bit mcDavid is trying to narrow that gap but Panarin is right there in the mix leads that team in goals assists and points Kreider leads their team in power play goals uh, you know Jad. Check, uh, Fox running the point of the power. Like I mean, it's just a machine. They can throw out like the highest of high-end talent. So if the Canucks run into penalty problems in any way, look out. And I think this sort of brings the discussion to wouldn't it be nice to see Thatcher Demko just kind of park whatever's going on with him the last six weeks or so. Now, he was good in St. Louis. They kind of squandered a, a decent performance from him there but too many goals getting by and even the other night in a 6-4 victory there were goals in that game that you kind of left shaking your head that you know it's not the absolute stinker the one that just seeps through him and crosses the goal line but it just they i don't know I feel like they should fit him for like some contacts or something maybe he, he's having trouble seeing the puck from from distance it feels like but uh, there were a bunch of similar goals there Ashirstorken uh, at one end of the ice Demko at the other you know, Thatcher, the Rangers had 48 shots the other night in Montreal. Like, Thatcher Demko could be really busy in this hockey game. Wouldn't it be something to see him rise to the challenge and play a lot more like early season Demko than he has here the last six weeks or so when he's been running with essentially a 900 save percentage?
0: Getting back on Lotto line for a second. One of the offshoots is that, as, as Tocket mentioned after the game uh, in Jersey he can live with some defensive deficiencies of Kuzmenko so long as the goals are there, which is not too dissimilar to what you know Bruce Boudreau said last year about Nils Hooglander. How confident are we, guys, that Kuzmenko, I mean, Kuzmenko wasn't generating enough offense alongside Elias Patterson. How confident would we be that Andre Kuzmenko could maintain a level of offense that keeps him in the lineup and keeps him out of talk at Sockhouse playing with Pia Suter and Ilya Mikheyev?
4: I think the hope is that, and Blake talked about that de facto now second line, playing tougher matchups. Uh, if Kuzmenko is now on the third line, you'd think maybe some favorable matchups. And look, Pia Suter is a really smart player. I think we've seen that an awful lot. He's got enough offense in his game that I think he can get the puck. To Kuzmenko. I just like the fact that Kuzmenko was shooting the other night. The six shots on goal, but eight attempts. And there was the one play in the second period where Noah Juleson with a great headman pass, Kuzmenko came down the right side, leaned into a shot. And I think at other times this season, maybe he peels off and thinks that, all right, I didn't score, but you know, did my part, got a shot, stuck with it, went and got the puck on the sideboards, a little shimmy shake to free up some space, and then Uh, they got a line change in and Nils Amon was streaking off the bench to the back door and a perfect feed from Kuzmenko. And so there was just a lot to like in the sequence. It didn't yield a goal ultimately, but I think in other circumstances it might, but yeah, I mean, that's absolutely going to bear, you know, some monitoring here is what do those two look like? And again, at some point when Ilya Mikheyev feels like checking back into this whole thing, like I'm all for it, but, uh. I'm not sure what's going on. He hasn't scored since the game in Chicago uh, well before Christmas there. It was a nice deflection that day. But uh, as I said, one goal in his last 11 hockey games, uh, they need more. Whether it's higher in the lineup or whether he's getting favorable matchups, he's got to use that speed, be far more assertive. And he's just gone way too cold here uh, for the better part of a month now.
0: Great stuff, Jeff. Busy couple nights here for Rinkwide. We'll be listening, my friend. Thank you for this. We'll catch up later in the week.
4: Sounds good, guys. Thanks. to the people, to the people. We, let's, yes. let's go to those people
0: shall we, we have to go to the people and miss the people there it's been a long frustrating time for people here to the people
1: we go to the people we go brought to you by our friends at finning cat improve productivity and efficiency with equipment you can rely on go to finning.com or check out their extensive inventory on new used and rental equipment to find the right solution to meet your unique needs need a part That's never been easier with Finning Cat's online service. Invest in the future of your business. Check out the
0: latest at Finning.com. Start with a hot take from Adam, the former Bath guy. JT Miller will be a front runner for the Selkie Trophy at year's end. Ooh, Mm,
1: no, I'm going to go Luke. For me, I'm going to go Luke.
0: The reason being, it's a reputational award. Yeah. And his, particularly his first half last year under Boudreaux, still fresh, I think, in the memory. Of voters, yeah, that's that's a tall mountain to climb. The Selkie, uh, and particularly when Patrice Bergeron was still active, if he's
1: if he's second in points and the Canucks win the division, is he a heart? Is he closer to the heart
0: than anything else? You could almost argue. Grady, break the tie. We got a cold and a Luke here. What do you? What says you?
1: Pretty, pretty, pretty. Pretty good.
0: Colin from the Caribou. The Garland line should be called the Energizer line. They just keep going and going and going. It's simple and it works. Maybe a little too simple, call, Colin. Pink bunnies. Yeah,
1: I. I well, I'm. I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan of line names to be to begin with.
0: Oh, but a lot of line is.
3: It works. It's fine. It's total. It's simple. West Coast Express. Come on, man. Yeah. I, how many times have we heard the term? Oh, he's an Energizer bunny out there. Yeah. No, it's. it's too uh generic.
0: Basketball Phil, tell me I'm wrong. It's fitting that Michigan is playing for the national title in Houston, home of the cheating Astros. Michigan has done nothing but cheat all year long. Oh, he's trying to go wow. there. Wow. Yes, yeah, uh
1: it's a big day for you.
0: My brother and I were talking about this yesterday because we share mostly the same favorite teams. The last time one of our teams played for a championship is the last Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls team.
1: That's the that's the last. Well, not including national champ like a uh, national team. Sorry, stuff.
0: I, they have played for our teams have played for. Chan, that's the last time. One, one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, we were thinking of barbecuing, but.
1: That's not even a club, so you'd have to you'd have to even distinguish because you've had national teams win championships, right? For you. Yeah,
0: no, exactly. That that, yeah, Olympic stuff is yeah. different. Uh, on Frank Corrado, a account calling itself Virtual Reality Channel twenty two seventy six. Grady, we sure that's a person. I give the benefit of the doubt to talk it. Almost everything he touches turns to gold this season. He's probably met dozens of Kuzmenko type personalities in the NHL. So if he scratches him, there's a reason for it. Odds are Kuzmenko fights through it and wins, becomes a better player on the other side of it. Do we believe that? Do we think the odds are he's going to fight through this, learn, and be the guy Tockett wants him to be? No, he's never going to be
1: the perfect player that Tockett wants him to be. The idea is to make him palatable enough that he can get you 14 minutes a game. And I I think that's possible, but I don't think he's he's not going to finish 10th in Selkie
0: voting anytime soon. Briz Chiz, I'm not sold on this team for a deep run. Likes of the Avs, Stars, Vegas, Kings, Oil have played meaningful hockey the past several years. Do not discount the Kraken, and you need those board battles late in the game. Big bodies up front, that concerns me, myself, and I. True test will be the year end with Vegas three times, the Kings three times, and the Jets twice. I I think that's fair. I saw, I think it was Jay Fresh, but it may have been someone else, tweet on Twitter, uh, or tweet that, Imagine at the beginning of the year telling Canucks fans your team's not going on a deep playoff run being some sort of grievous insult. No, this this team is playoff untested. Yeah. Has a shit ton to prove, particularly if it winds up in that 2 3 game, uh, 2 3 round in the Pacific. You're going to face a hell of a team there. Three things cha- uh, um, give them a chance goaltending.
1: If Demco well, gets hot. Stars, stars, and stars. Yeah. What, but I, I don't know that I'm that confident in the stars per se, but the stars on the power plays different everything. So if, this, if the Canucks' power play is going, that can give them enough goals to win a series. Mm-hmm. And the power play is also dovetailed into my third point, which is how do they officiate that first round? If they officiate that first round series like a, like a November-December game, the Canucks will be okay. But if it gets into – NHL classic sort of put the whistle away thing. Well, I don't know how they play in that kind of game. Oh boy. I don't know how I they... I
0: shudder like a bolt of fear goes through my spine when I hear you say that.
1: Yeah. I mean what they would have to do is tell they would have to I plead don't... with Zadorov and Myers and Susie to be brawlers. Right. And just say you you need to use your size yeah. every step
3: of the way. Well, but signed Rick talking down and him foot. Yeah.
0: But to me on the forward side of things. This group fighting through all that. No, it's true. B- Miller keeping his head, which is why fight, if I trying to fight
1: through that. Which is why I ha- if I had to bet, uh the acquisition of a top six forward is going to come for a guy that is 6 foot 2 or larger and mm. can bang. If they get, you know, he has to have some scoring ability too. Lawson, but, kraus please. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. I know Greenway's been linked before, nah. stuff like that. Was, you know, less, that's less top six now, so we'll see.
0: Uh, PF says, I can't fully agree with Frankie. That's Corrado on the Pedersen bit. No one is expecting him to consistently score a hat trick. However, there are too many games where he's not impactful, little to no shooting, not setting up his teammates for opportunities, changing the course momentum of shift, etc. cetera. Sure, there aren't many guys who have that ability, and that's why only a few get paid 10 plus million a year. But Petey has yet to show it enough to earn that kind of money. Uh Riverboy says, all those quote, really good players you mentioned are game breakers, Frank mentioned. And can make a play on their own to change a game. Petey can't. Oh, he yeah. can't. I think he can. So is he really in the same conversation as McKinnon and McDavid and Matthews? Come on. Well, no, he, he's probably not in the same he's conversation.
3: Not, as he's not he's No, those guys are in a separate but tier. Look, but yeah. look who the stars those stars get to play with. Right. McKinnon has McCarr and Rantanen. Matthews has Marner. Power play time. Like you got to put you can't put Sam Lafferty and Ilya Mikheyev. Pedersen is
1: demoted, is 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 weighed down by that. uh, But he's also weighed down by his own inconsistency, too. Yes, he can dominate a game. We've seen it happen multiple occasions. But um, and he can't do it every night because that's reserved for the three guys that we just mentioned or five guys maybe in the league that can do it every night. Um, you say he's weighed down. Is that why he falls over so much? <laughs> that, that's changed a little bit, I think. But he, he still needs to be more consistent than he has been.
0: Yep. With regards to the YouTube video, trading a first-rounder or one of the top prospects to go all in on this season, Trevor says, you don't trade first-round picks for a team that makes it into the playoffs for the first time in a long time. See how this year goes. See what you need for next playoffs. And I think a lot of people would agree with that, Trevor. Probably true. I know, the... the, but- the, the, the complicating bit is is this a more open window than you will have going forward because of what you'll be paying Patterson and Kronick going forward and because of the Oliver Ekman buyout and how that becomes less and less advantageous as you go along
1: I think the uh, you know the comparison that's been made is Rutherford's Hurricanes team that acquired uh, Doug Waite and
3: uh, in late January too yeah
1: Wait and Kachuk? They put, no, not Kachuk. Mark, sure. Mark Recky. Mark
0: Recchi. That's it. Um, that was that the year they won the cup yeah, with Cam Ward. Yeah,
1: they won the cup, and they were did they, uh, they were playoff untested and all that sort of stuff too. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, so like again, but those are outliers that we we that's talk about years them, ago, and we, and we talk about them because
0: they're memorable, right? You know, like it's not a, it's not a formula. Steve says on the first round pick, you need to look at the upcoming draft and figure out where you pick and see if these, there are players you would really want. I, I if you say not really. Then trade the first or the second. Well, that's the other part here. Like If your pick is going to be somewhere around 25 to 27 in this draft, which people are hardly saying this draft is akin to last year's draft, which everybody seemed to love, then yeah, that's another part of the equation here. You're also without a second round pick this year. Uh, Brian says two years from now the OEL buyout is over four million. They need prospects on entry level contracts who can play. There's that too. Another fair point on training Kuzmenko. Rich says selling very low, overpaid, cap stress league. He's simply a low value trade chip with that contract. Clearly, he will never be a talked guy.
1: I wonder what his trade value is. What do you think it is? Small, small, moderate, or no, high? So- how would you describe it? Moderate. You still think it's moderate? Yeah, I, I do. Yeah.
3: I do. But what, what team out there? You because know, You're not, not going to team. a contender, so, right?
0: No, but here's the thing. Not every team plays Rick Tockett style hockey. In fact, few do. Some Eastern Conference team, secondly, New Jersey, yeah. uh, You know, a lot of teams or Carolina won't be as insistent as Tockett is that you play a certain way. Yeah. The guy's coming off 39 goals. He's still young enough. There's a lot of general managers out there who are looking to save ass. You play Kuzmenko with Sebastian Aho in Carolina. Fuck right. You're probably fine. Absolutely. There are a lot of teams that i think you look at and say boy to play him with one of our top two centers suddenly we're a way better offensive line and therefore team
3: yeah there also be a lot of teams though it's seeing- not an onerous contract it's not an I mean, onerous he's contract he's
0: highly paid this year no, no doubt for what the production is but it's not a contract with big term that you're fearful of does he even have trade protection no so
1: it's, it's done in 13 months. So like, that's right. Like it's
3: not the end of the world. But if he can't play for one of the best teams in the league with Rick Tockett, who's got, he's the favorite for the Jack Adams, you know, Tockett has a lot of buddies around the league. I'm I, It's a copycat league. I'm sure a lot of teams are saying, well, look well, at the Canucks are he's, playing. He's got a lot of buddies around
0: the league, but does he have buddies who could go there to a general manager and say, no, absolutely not on this guy? Like there's very few of those guys with that sort of clout. unless you're telling me he's got you know scores of buddies in GM's offices. Let's measure wealth in
1: uh, the well, the uh, the price of the player in terms of uh, picks. If he, if he and he may not be, he probably wouldn't be traded for a pick. But if he was traded for a pick, right. it, it would be what a high. I, I was thinking I mean, I Chicago, think a late first, a late first. Or, yeah, like I was thinking Chicago. Need I mean everybody's on the injured list in Chicago.
0: Everybody but they're not trading picks. But, but they, I hear, they, but I hear what you're. saying. They've said. got
1: 40 picks in the next three years. Wow! But no, but their indigenous second round pick, which is going to be 33rd overall, which would should be the first pick. Is that a round. is that a decent return?
0: Well, but for the connection, I'm not sure you're looking for picks. No, I know. Then. I'm just yeah. trying to measure the, yeah. the the value of the player. Yeah, like I mean, was thinking. I was thinking that. I mean, it's funny because like late first, second rounder, there's kind of a psychological difference. There is. There is that's there. all that it is, though. Really, really, yeah. 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 Um, where else are we going here? Uh, Slay the Dragon says, does my sports car need to improve the Walmart hubcaps I put on it, or do I
3: need better hubcaps? <laughs> That's on Pedersen playing with getting better wingers. Yes,
0: absolutely. Uh, Guy says, Mikheyev does absolutely zip on that line. Does he get benched? Not a chance. Petey needs talent. Yeah, Mikheyev
1: needs to up his game. There's no question. He's, he is in a rut.
0: His speed isn't noticeable,
1: and that's after we started to for, uh, we started to seek his speed. Remember, yeah. there was like a four game stretch where we're yes. like, "Okay,
3: that's but, McKay but, of speed." But, and that's you know, a drawback but here's on him. The thing. Go ahead, Gray. He he in Toronto, I watched him closely. He just doesn't have the finish. No. right? You can well, have all the speed and no wheels in the world. It, two things, yes. And he's not playmaking either. He's not
0: a first line winger. No, no. And he's now been demoted. So yeah. we are addressing the matter there. With he, coach talking.
1: You know, ideally, the third line wouldn't be so great right now, and you put him on your third line instead of
0: right. one of the other guys. But the third line is the
1: new should second line. should be now the line.
3: second line, yeah. Third
0: line is the new second line.
1: Which is something.
0: Wow. No, but if, if Pia Suter, Ilya McKayev, and Andre Kuzmenko are going to form a line. That's fine as a third line. That's a third line. Yeah. With the way the other guys are playing.
1: But now your second line is centered by Teddy Blucher. Yeah. <laughs>
3: And and to our poll question today, like I I said, it works fine short term, but you need something better than Bluger Suter as your second and third line center. The
1: whole key is to find a winger for Elias Pettersson, and then you separate them as they were. That is the key. But a legitimate top six winger for Elias Pettersson.
0: some Price from All Center presentation, Applewood Auto Group. You can text us 778-402-9680. It's the Greg Clips text message inbox. Greg Clips, it's going to be great. Poll question from Friday's program. Would Andre Kuzmenko have made a difference in the loss to the St. Louis Blues? Is that, of course, a 2-1 defeat? The Canucks open the scoring but give up the next two and can't score a goal late when they need one. Yes or no, what did the people say? Yes. Correct percentage? 56. 64. Hmm. Why did you guess so low?
1: Because I think he's a divisive guy right now. He's He's, okay. he's, went, he's gone from fan favorite to uh, uh, right down the middle divisive guy.
0: To me, that was on a T for a fit. Yeah, 2-1 loss. You need a goal. Like, he's one of your better goal scorers. Six, I six
1: shots in his return to the lineup. Yeah. No, you know, he like, was
0: great Saturday. Yeah.
1: Although that game was tailor-made for him. Oh, for him.
0: And watching that game at the uh, marina side bar. (laughs) Yes. Which sometimes brings a level of clarity that watching from home doesn't, right? Right. You go set out to watch the Canucks. That New Jersey team is not winning a cup. Not as currently constructed, no. That Jersey team not only needs a goaltender, but I cannot believe Lindy Ruff... You know, the guy with the Alberta defenseman roots has a team that plays that way, Yeah, Blake. Well, I think when you know what you've got, and remember,
1: no Jack in that game, obviously. No um, But w- when you know you've got all that talent, I guess that you feel like that a, a little bit of a Bruce Boudreaux last year mentality of this is our only avenue to success, maybe. So Now, they were playing back-to-back three and four. Siegenthaler breaks were. his foot. That's,
0: well, although he breaks his foot, I think, when the horse is at the barn. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But, no, I, I think that – and, look, I was one of many who, for the last couple of years, looked at them and yeah, went, wow. me too. But I just – I don't see it there in in terms of a cup winner as currently constructed. Uh, Graham on the poll question says, hard to say, but he could have helped more than Linus. Kuzi is more important player to the Canucks than Linus, whether, whether it's to have him play to get his confidence up for a trade or to build confidence and – Keep him. Having Kuzmenko work out is important for the success of the Canucks. Nav, at this point, we need to trade Kuzmenko, unfortunately. Can't have a star player riding the pine. Let's get a top six forward and move on. And then Nux1212 says, punishing Kuzmenko for the staff's lack of ability to teach him what they want is absurd. Kuzmenko isn't a bad guy who goes out and intentionally defies the coach's wishes. But I wonder about that because I'm just not sure he has the gumption to get involved physically. I've outlined this earlier though. I see him thinking
1: out there, and you know, a, that can sometimes be a bad thing when you're overthinking. But I also see him reacting like a second late. Like, oh, yeah. this is one of those times where he said to yeah, do this. Yeah, and exactly. and it's like a second late, and then you see the feet moving instead right. of that me- immediacy, right. right? So I think, you know, and maybe these are the early stages of remembering what to do in the situations. So I do want to see the next month play out, but I, I think he needs to play. Like, I, I think no. benching him has lost its effects. You just got to see him play it out. Well, and coach, bench- him,
0: coach him mid-game. You say benching loses his, its effect, but you scratch him, and then he comes back and he plays that game Saturday.
3: But then late in the third, here he subbed off for Lafferty on that line.
0: When but that's okay, Grady. Yeah, no, well, that, that's that, totally that fine. That I'm fine with. Like he's not going to be playing the final minutes of a playoff game when you're nursing a lead. That that much is crystal clear right now. You you would need a massive tidal wave of transformation for that to change. We right don't now. we don't have. But a... it's the first fifty minutes. Of the game and whether he can help you score a goal or score one himself.
1: We don't have an ISO cam on the coaches for the entire game, but I would love to know how much coaching of Kuzmenko happens throughout the game. You got a you got a
3: handful of coaches <laughs> on the bench.
0: I also agree with what Talkit says. When you're a below five hundred team, guys get away with things.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And when Bruce is your
1: coach. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Bruce. Oh, well, Tockett was the coach, though, for the second half, and he still got to 39 well, goals.
0: And the other thing here is, and and may well do a welcome out on this one, for all the good that Rutherford and Alvin have done, and they have done a lot of good, this was a miss. Because you re-signed this guy after you had brought Tockett. One in. game. One game. You had the opportunity to play that out a little more. You also had the opportunity to trade him by the deadline, and he would have returned a ransom given the cheap salary he was on and the season that he was having. So there were two separate avenues I think you could have gone down as a management group with Andre Kuzmenko. After the hiring of Rick Tockett, you chose neither. And this is the bet you've made. Errors and omissions from Friday's show. Do you guys screw anything up Friday? Did Jeff screw anything up? Jeff never screwed
1: There's up. no recording of any <laughs> any issues whatsoever.
0: Good stuff. Yeah. Let's get to the Betway bets of the day. Like the numbers already down on that Buffalo Pittsburgh wildcard game Saturday. Steelers, a run heavy offense. Some nasty weather expected in Buffalo. It's gonna be in the feels like minus ten range. Fahrenheit. But, yeah. Yeah, still nasty. Uh but I think Josh Allen and the Bills offense can score some and Pittsburgh likely going to be without TJ Watt here, terrible injury. Uh knee injury suffered Saturday in the final regular season game, so I'm going to go over 37 and a half because the other thing is we all want to root for points. Um I went hockey-wise
1: looking at the Western Conference playoff winner. You wanted Winnipeg? Well, I was just curious where, because all the Canadian teams are doing so well. The Oilers are still the favorite alongside the Jets at 550. So, poor value there. No value. Canucks are pretty high, too. They're fourth at 650. Again, poor value. But all of this Canadian success and shiny object has pushed a pretty darn good LA Kings team all the way down to an even eight.
0: Mm. So, jump on the Kings right now. Pretty good value. On your Betway bets of the day, must be 19-plus to play. Please play responsibly. Thanks for listening, everybody. A reminder, subscribe to us, Ring Quiet, and Canucks Conversation wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on social. That's Twitter, Insta, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. And, of course, support those community sponsors you hear us talking about. Keep it local.